today changes my whole entire life. Welcome to Gridability, a podcast about the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I'm your podcast host, Adam Clausen, and with me in the studio is the beautiful and ever-radiant Ro Clausen. Hello. Hello. You are glowing again today. Oh, I love it. Thank you. So, um, today we are doing something a little bit different, right? Uh, it was something on the news that caught our attention. Yeah. And, you know, uh, wanted to talk a little bit about that and share some of our own insights, stories related to prison escapes, right? So if that doesn't grab your attention, I don't know what will, right? Yeah, and I have to say, anytime we see these kind of things on the news, like what happened with the subway guy that we talked about a couple episodes back. Um, I love to hear your perspective because you always give different insights that like I always fall into the media trap. And I'm not saying <laughs> that a man that's a convicted murderer should be on the loose. My God, I hope they find him ASAP so everybody feels safe, is safe. But at the same time, you always offer these different perspectives that as a mature adult listening to this and when you offer them to me, I'm like, wow, I never thought of it from that perspective. And it just kind of gets the wheel spinning and I like to hear that opposing or just different perspective. All right. Well, I know that we have a clip lined up and I think that that's probably the best place to start so that everyone. All right, here we are. It was the ninth confirmed sighting since Cavalcante's escape last Thursday. This remarkable video showing his crab walk up the wall from the mm -hmm. Chester County prison exercise yard. His latest Damn. location shows he's backtracked in recent days, having previously been seen Monday night from these trail cameras not far away in Longwood Gardens. That's what the, the whole territory is, is like this. Connie Betzendahl lives in the same area Cavalcante was spotted Tuesday. She says she pointed police to possible trails he could have used. Are you surprised that it's taking this long? Yes, very. Yeah. I mean, even with the FBI in now, the SWAT teams, I just don't get it. Right. I just don't get it. Cavalcante was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of his ex-girlfriend. And her family, who lives in the area, now has a 24-hour police detail. Authorities saying they're too terrified to leave the house. He's already murdered two people, one in Brazil and one here in a very brutal manner. He's a very dangerous individual, and he remains so. So the search perimeter is now shifted back to the west, centered on Longwood Gardens, which has it's going to remain closed until further notice. Rebecca. And we know you'll keep tracking it. Okay, Trevor, thank you. Pennsylvania State Police. So there it is. Wow. So tell me, when you first saw that, what were your thoughts? What went through your mind? My thoughts were a different story that I heard about that a man that had escaped, um, very similar situation. I don't know how he escaped or anything like that, but he was convicted of multiple homicides, maybe four or something like that. And he hid in neighboring houses and there was a family of four, I believe it was a grandfather and four kids. So five people who went to their cabin to go hunting and fishing and have this long fun weekend and the man was hiding the man that had escaped was hiding in the house and he killed them 
all. Ooh. Yeah, so that's what, and I had just heard this story on Christina Randall's YouTube channel. She told the story, and then this happened. So I, I went right back to that thinking about those poor people that were uh, in that surrounding neighborhood, mm. like that woman that was on that clip was like, why haven't they found him yet? That's how I would feel, especially having a two-year-old in the house, you know? So um, that, and then I didn't know the background story until recently when I read um, the article actually on the way here. The other thing that stood out to me was when they figured out finally, because like I've been following this for a couple of days now, how he escaped and he climbed the wall. So intriguing to me. I want to know what you think about that what I think about him climbing the wall? Or? Yeah, just like all of it, but yeah, climbing the wall. Hmm. Like, how did he get away with that on a yard? Well, you know, it's two things. One, it's not as difficult as you would think. However, there are some major, major obstacles to overcome. Sure. So when we were talking about this, what came to my mind is, you know, I've been in unfortunately a lot of different facilities so I've seen a lot of different setups and and based on what we saw on that um, picture with him climbing up the wall uh, generally they're not designed that way but if you're somebody who listen you just got a life sentence you know that and correct me if I'm wrong the other murder that they're talking about uh, happened in another country they haven't tried him on this yet He's want yeah so he's wanted he's on wanted it. on the first homicide which happened in Brazil. Okay. Somehow he managed to get over here. They don't know how. What they think is he probably like braved the elements, got here, and that's why they're so concerned because they're like this isn't just some like snowflake that escaped prison. Like he knows how to survive in the jungles of Brazil. So then he had this girlfriend here. Don't know much about that. But when she found out that he was wanted for that murder, she's like, I'm going to expose you, and that's when he killed her. Oh wow. Yeah. So and then the day he escaped, he was sentenced. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, any I of the literally was reading the article and... on the way here. Yeah. Okay. So, listen. Desperate people do desperate things. Um, it sounds like if it was the day that he was sentenced that he escaped, he had probably been planning that for a while, scoping it out. Um, knew that he was probably going to be, you know, sentenced and shipped out. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to add this because this was intriguing to me as well and I want you to talk about it, is that <laughs> it was the same facility, I think. It was the same county jail where months prior somebody escaped the exact same way, climbed up the wall, ran across the roof. The only difference is they added razor wire to, I guess, prevent that from happening again. So this man that escaped on this, what we're talking about now, the Brazilian guy, they say climbed somehow managed to get over that razor wire, run across the roof, get over more razor wire, and get out. And the difference is with the first guy, the guy, the guard in the tower saw it, radioed it in, and they caught him within five minutes. With the Brazilian that escaped, the there was no, either the guard didn't see it, he didn't call it in, we, we're not sure what happened, but that's why he's been on the loose, on the loose, is that on the run? What's on, the word? On the run. On the on run. The loose, yeah. For that long. Wow. Well, listen, it's impressive that he's managed to evade, you know, um, with all the forces that they've got out there in the community, because believe me, they are tracking this guy hard. Um, but the fact of, I want to go back to what you said about him getting out. Yeah. You're like, yeah, they put up a little bit of razor wire. Okay. For anyone who does not know, razor wire is very different than barbed wire. Barbed wire is like what you see on the side of the road, what they use to keep cattle from like 
crossing off the pasture into, say, the road, right? And if, if you get caught on barbed wire, it's going to hurt, but it's not razor wire. Razor wire is a whole different beast, right? Constantine wire, it's in these huge spools, and it's called razor wire for a reason. Like, it, it will shred you, and it comes down to a point, and it's all very sharp. And if you just get, like, the edge of your shirt caught on it, like it's going to get caught, you're going to get entangled. So how people get through razor wire, not one roll, multiple rolls of it. Listen, I would love to see video of that because that's impressive. And I have seen videos of how people get through this stuff, but it usually entails like taking rugs, you know, mats, things that you can throw over it to protect yourself from it. Because something simple like a bank, you can't throw a shirt over it and be like, okay, I'm going to be protected. No, that's not going to do anything. So the fact that this guy is not already torn to shreds, you know, bleeding out as he, you know, army crawls through the woods to evade, you know, all of these cops that are all over the place looking for him. That's amazing. But that's also like that's survival instinct, right? Like at its at its base level, this guy knows that if he gets caught, he will never ever see the light of day again. They will make sure that he is buried someplace with with no chance to get outside, never get near a fence or anything else ever again. Wow. So do you think it's possible that you said that he was probably planning this for a little while, that he was like climbing up there without being seen? And I, I, my thought was throwing mattresses, but even those jail mattresses, I don't think from the way you're explaining this. You're not going to, I'm not saying that you can't get one of those out there. First of all, a jail mattress, as thin as it is, I don't know what the hell they make those things out of, but they're heavy. Really? They're thin, but they're heavy. Like it's, yeah, it's super heavy. It's probably all of the bacteria and everything and, and Ew, gross. stuff Dead that's built cells. up on Yuck. them <laughs> <laughs> that makes them so heavy. Like old mattresses, all old mattresses are heavy. It's all like the dead cells and stuff in there. Guess what you're doing when we get home, flipping <laughs> our mattress. <laughs> but listen, here, what's coming to my mind is when I was in Camden County Jail, I was in there on the violation. Uh, I go in for 90 days. Now I know that I'm only there on a parole violation and I'm still tempted, right? Like when I see an opportunity to get out, I'm like, hey man, I've been in here for a month already. Like I'm ready to go. I'm seriously contemplating it because there were some guys in there who were facing a whole lot more time. And the way that they ran us for recreation was They'd bring us up to um, the rec, quote unquote, yard is on the roof of the building. Interesting. Yep. But generally how they build these places, and, I, and I've been in a number of them that are uh, like MDC where, um, what's the guy who died in federal custody? The uh, child molester guy. Um, oh, Epstein. Epstein. Where Epstein mysteriously died. Uh, same thing. They have rec cages on the roof there because the hole is on the roof, but these they're cages, right? When I tell you that they're cages, they're not like regular fence that you would see in someone's yard. They're like twice as thick. It's interwoven mesh. And yes, you can see the sun, but there's not a whole lot of sunlight. Like if, if you had your shirt off, 
you would not get sunburnt if the sun was beating right on you because it's that that much obstructing the the actual light so although air passes through and technically you're outside you're not really outside that's how most of these places are constructed however camden county when i was there you have the rec deck on the roof and it's two stories two stories up and up in one corner is a glass bubble that takes up one corner across and there's an officer that's supposed to be up there paying attention to everything probably not always paying attention and over in this other corner there was a pipe a drain pipe that ran up right and if uh, if you were strong enough skilled enough you know agile enough you could shimmy up and that's what i thought of when i saw that because wow. it's it's not in the same manner but you would pull yourself against the pipe and put your feet on the wall and have to shimmy up that way so it could be done and there were a couple guys who were talking about it they're like man we should go and i'm seriously considering it even though i'm only there on a violation and I probably, I know I would have ended up with a whole bunch more time. And the plan was, hey, we'll smuggle some sheets up here. Remember, we're on the roof of the building. Sure. Seven, eight stories up, whatever it is. So not only do we have to climb up two stories, shimmy up a pipe, get to the, the fence that's on top, figure out how to break that open because they thought that they could get through it. And there's different ways that you can cut through these are time consuming, right? Get through that, get out onto the roof, make it over to the side, figure out a way to tie these sheets together, braided, because you can braid, you know, rip sheets into strips, you braid them and it tightens it. It makes it strong like a rope. Wow. It's amazing when you have time on your hands, right? That's, that's why they, they keep such a close count on sheets. Oh, interesting. But if you take a piece off of every sheet in the unit and you keep doing that, right? Your sheets in the rotation of the whole prison go around, but you're constantly taking a piece off. I'm getting an education. Right? So wow. it doesn't so it doesn't get noticed right away. Anyways, you make this rope and then you find something to tie it off on there and then everybody shimmies down. Well, thank God I didn't go. How many is everybody? Like how many guys were involved in this? Uh, I think ultimately after I left about a month later, four guys went. They got out? They made it out. Um, I think two of them. I don't know if one died on the way during down. During the escape? Okay. Yeah, like he escape. got shot or he fell? No, no, or... no fell. Okay. Like uh, they went, they made it out undetected, right? So same situation. They made it out. They got away. But eventually, everybody ended up getting caught. Now, this was back when you were in county, you said, right? <laughs> was there, like, the stadium lights and everything around the facilities back then? Like, how do you... Did you go out well, in the this, middle of the night? This place is in downtown Camden. It's a county jail. It's a little bit different. A lot of times, the officers that are working in your county jail are... They're overworked, underpaid. They're tired. They're working doubles, triples. They were probably asleep up in the booth. I mean, you know... That's what it was. And there was a whole lot of other stuff going on back when I was in the county jail back then. I mean, you had, you know, people bringing in all sorts of packages. They were looking to make some extra money. Sure. All the officers. But that's a different show for a, 
another time. Um, but we're on escapes. So I could see, you know, when we were talking or we showed that clip of him shimmying up, making it to a place where he could get through and get out on the roof. Uh, the fact that he got through the razor wire that was installed after the fact, that's impressive because I don't know what it looks like, but I'm telling you, they don't just put that on like half-hearted. Like razor wire anywhere is going to be a real challenge to get through. He got through that and then he got through some more. So, and he's on the run. So seemingly whatever injuries that he may have incurred during that escape, he's doing all right. But eventually, listen, they're going to catch up to him. And again, being a desperate man, uh, you know, capable of desperate things, uh, it, they do. They got their hands full, right? Like, I would be worried if I was anybody in the community because, sure. you know, seemingly this, this guy's got nothing to lose, especially now. He already lost. He knows he has a life sentence. He knows after this he's never going to get another chance to be anywhere near a door, anywhere they're going to bury him. So he's he's not going quietly, I'll tell you that. That or I think that, well, okay, so his mother put out a statement in Portuguese, so I don't know exactly what she said, but basically begging him to turn himself in because I think that she probably knows how this is going to end for him. And I don't even know. Like, I think if he doesn't get out of the country and they catch him, he's going to go to the most drastic measure so he doesn't have to go back to a life sentence. That's my opinion. And they will most likely kill him given yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, that's, and the longer this drags out, like the bad, the worse it makes all of those people involved in this search look. Sure. Um, it's, it's just not going to end good for anybody. So question. Oh, shoot. So in all the time that you did, I know there was the sheet rope, right? Did yeah. you, did anybody ever escape or were there attempted escapes in the time that you were inside that you witnessed or lived through? Obviously, you lived through it, but did you witness? I, I lived to tell about it. I am still here. Yeah. Um, listen, there was a time when I first came into the system. It was early. I have 213 years, right? And I have all this anger, all this energy. Um, and there were people who were looking to, to tap into that, right? And they were like, hey, man, like, what are you going to do? You're just going to hang out here the rest of your life? you ready to get out of here? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, hey, man, like you ever think about getting out of here? And I had a guy, we'll call him Milo. Let's call him Milo. I like that. Um, yeah, we'll call him Milo. Uh, and he comes to me and he says, hey, listen, man. He's like, you know, I got a life sentence. You know my background. He was a guy who was very well known. He says, man... I got a plan. He goes, I'm going to run this by you. He goes, no one else knows this. I haven't approached anybody else. He goes, I'm asking you because I know you're in a position just like me and it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take a lot of time and we got time, but I need to know that this is something that you're all in because once we start, we can't ever turn back. I'm like, okay, talk to me because I'm ready to seriously entertain this. It's early on. I've just gotten 213 years. There's no chance of parole. There's no hope. There's no talk of criminal justice reform. This guy's talking about a way out. Let me hear what he has to say. So Milo and I sit down in, uh, in the cell, and he starts to map out a plan for me to move down there to be his celly in this cell on the ground floor 
to where we can get the tools because they come around and they do different repairs. And at the time they're getting ready to replace the showers. So they're coming in the unit to do the showers. And he says, listen, I can, I can get them in here to start the floor just to make a, a hole in the floor under the guise that I want a safe in the floor, right? We're going to carve out space in here so that we can hide drugs. We can hide, you know, phones, whatever that is. He goes, and that's how I'm going to get them to start, you know, break through the, the initial concrete. Now, this is a prison. It's a new prison. It's, I don't know, who knows what the slab is. But this guy's serious. And it's the whole Shawshank redemption, right? It's literally, we're going to chisel little by little, piece by piece. We're going to get through this concrete. We're going to eventually get into the soil. And then we are going to tunnel across under the fence. And where this cell was located was... I'm not going to say in close proximity to the fence because that's relative, right? Like we're talking 50, 60, 70 yards that you would have to go because you're going under, down, under. There's, remember, a perimeter hallway that serves as an interior wall. So you got to go under the wall and then there's 40, 50 yards of no man's land that always stays open, that has sensors on the ground to get to the first fence. And there are three fences that you then have to get past with the towers above. Aren't they also shock fences? Am I right? They are. Okay. They're electrified fences that if you touch them, they will kill you. Yes. So the idea is that we tunnel down and out straight under all the fences. Oh, got it. Okay. Get out beyond the towers, pop up in the grass and be home free. I'm like, man, that's a lot of digging. That's a whole lot of digging. There's no tools to do this by hand. How would you? And he's like, it's going to take us years to do it. He was like, but we'll probably be able to stay in this cell. You and I have the time that we have. We'll be able to stay here together. We can lock this down and we can make it look like this is just a safe, you know, and not a tunnel out of here. We'll have to take the, the rocks out to the yard, dispose of it there. I mean, I, I want to say this is pre-Shawshank Redemption. So there was no influence there. This was all this guy's brainchild. Now, Here's my dilemma, right? He's just told me all of this. I'm the only other person who knows. How do I respectfully decline and still stay in this guy's good graces, keep his confidence, right? Because he's just, he bet a lot on coming to me to tell me about this and being the only person who knows. How'd you do it? Oof. Prison politics, oof. Yeah, this is more than politics. This was, you know, both of our lives were on the line here. Um, so I had to very carefully, I had to let him know, listen, give me some time to think about this, man. And when I came back to him, my decision, and it was the truth, was I'm not ready to throw it in. I'm not ready to give up hope. You know, I believe 
because of the sentence that I have, it's so ridiculous, this mandatory minimum, that I'm going to be able to get in through the courts. And if I do this, I'll never be able to get out the door that way. So I'm not ready to give that up. I said, I'm early in this process. I haven't even gone through my direct appeals yet. You know, I still have plenty of time to work through the courts. I said, but one way or another, like I am confident that it's going to work out and I'm not ready to, you know, to go to this backup plan yet. I said, but, you know, you know, based on me being here, I'm not going to say anything to anybody about this. Like, as, as far as we're concerned, we never had this conversation. Man, I wish you all the best. Um, <laughs> we don't ever have to talk about this again. And uh, I don't know how it worked out for him. How did he respond to you in that moment? He was disappointed. But understanding? Yes. Okay. Disappointed. This is a guy who was, there was no chance he was ever getting out. Mm just wasn't happening because of his background. Um, but yeah, very disappointed. Uh, I'm grateful it went the way that it did. And, you know, he continued to do his thing. And I remember watching him plenty of times, like wondering, ah, I wonder, I wonder if he's getting close. I wonder where he's at. But I never asked, never brought it up again. Were you in the same cell or no, 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 oh, no. Got it. Okay. No, yeah, that makes sense. nope different unit. I moved off that unit, got to a different place and yeah, never looked back, never asked. We never spoke about it again. So I don't know. I don't know what happened with them. There was one other because it was interesting a couple years later. And this is the only time where I ever did think about maybe bringing this subject up to him. You know, the federal system's a relatively small system. At its height, it was 220 plus thousand. That might sound like a lot of people. It's not, especially when you break it down by, you know, camps, lows, mediums, penitentiaries. When you're at the highest level, it's a very small circle, right? So everybody pretty much knows each other, especially when you've been in some time. And people circulate because there's only a handful of these federal penitentiaries. And if something happens at one, you get moved to another one. And sometimes it's got nothing to do with you. It's just, they need to shuffle things up. It's politics on the administration side, however that happens. So over the years, some things changed. Myself and this first individual who approached me are still there. But this other, um, there's like a flood of people that come from the West Coast, we're on the East Coast. They come from the West Coast. And there was one guy who was notorious for having escaped multiple times. Made it out of Beaumont, USP Beaumont, twice. Wow. So this guy's like notorious as an escape artist, right? <laughs> Which is kind of funny that they have him on the yard. And the difference is when you have certain backgrounds like this, it's already a level six penitentiary. So Believe me, the security is tight, the cameras, the fences, the walls, all of that stuff. But on top of it, if they really, really want to keep an eye on you, they put you on what's called one hour watch, which is a card that you wear around your neck. And every hour on the hour, you have to check in with the nearest officer wherever you are. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
and they call these in. Like you go to the officer, you're like, hey, Clawson reporting in, one hour check. And they'll get on, boop, they'll call it into control. Control says, okay, got him. And they run that tally. And there are certain people that are on this. He was one of them. Well, he and a couple other guys were, were pretty tight. And one of these guys came to me and, and offered me a book. They're like, hey, man, have you ever heard this book, heard about this book? Shanaram. He says, man, it's the best book I've ever read. I says, no, I've never heard of it. He's like, it's thick. He goes, I'll give it to you. He goes, you got to read this. So I read the book and it is, it's man, it's enthralling. I think they even turned it into a series, maybe on Netflix, Apple, someplace. The book was definitely the best, one of the best books I've ever read. I mean, it's just great. It's a gripping story, right? And it's about a guy who escapes from prison, ends up in different countries, all the, like everything that ensues. Amazing, amazing story. And so I get to the end of it and, and the guy's like, man, what'd you think? You know? And I was like, wow, great book, man. I really appreciate it. He's like, so what do you think? I'm like, what do you mean? What do I think? You ever think about getting out of here? And I'm like, there was just something that like set my senses off, my spidey senses, the hair on the back of my neck. And I'm like, oh man, I feel like this guy's fishing, like not soliciting me to join him in something. Like I felt like it was a setup. And thank God, I just like stepped back. I was like, nah, man. I was like, listen, I'm focused on the courts. I'm, I'm looking at this. And I just, my immediate response, like shut it down very definitively. So we never got further into a conversation where it would have then been much more difficult for me to separate myself and say, I had no idea. Ooh. But I knew, I knew what it was. And I had already been thinking about it because him, the other guy who had multiple escapes and one other guy were always circulating, right? And they would walk the track together and then come back. The, the other two were tight. This guy was kind of, I think he was looking for somebody else to join him, right? But ultimately, they all got locked up. They got locked up under suspicion of planning an escape. And thank God I distanced myself and was far enough away from it. Never, like I was never even part of that. So, but yeah, it, it was there. And, uh, you know, thank God that, that those senses went off. I never had that conversation. And uh, I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate and it goes back to mindset, right? And it really was, it was all about my belief that eventually I was going to get a second chance, but it was going to take me spending many years, you know, or a number of years, um, like earning that second chance. Part of that I knew was going to be with the courts. Part was going to be doing other things, positive inside. And, you know, it was one of those proverbial fork in the roads that I, you know, I had a number of those where I had to make that decision. Was I going to go all in on the prison life and escape? Like that's, it's a very definitive route, you know, uh, decision moving in the opposite direction. Thank God I never made that, uh, or I would not be here with you today. Yeah. I'm grateful. That's what I was thinking the whole time, all the way back to the story with the sheets is that, you know, your life could have turned out very differently. My life and CJ wouldn't be born. Mm -hmm. And as you're telling this story, it's just, it, my God, it could get so dark. Like those young boys that get, um, what's the word? 
I don't know the word I'm looking for, but basically like propositioned like you did for things like that. Like it reminds me of that little kid, little kid, the kid that uh, you were locked up with in USP Allenwood and you tried to take him under your wing because he wasn't a criminal. It was like some stupid situation that he got locked up for because the judge was having a bad night. Sent him to a USP. To teach him a lesson. To teach him a lesson. And he got caught up with the wrong people, even though you tried to get him on the right track. And then he just started living a life of crime in and out, in and out, in and out. And he's not alive anymore. And he was only like 18. Yeah. So, I mean, it ultimately, that judge is responsible for that child not the, the being tragedy of, yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't mean to take it down that road, but that's mm. just where my mind went. And you were talking about that. And I'm so grateful that you were able to dis- distance yourself. But the moral of this story is just don't go to prison. <laughs> Don't go to prison. It's not what you see on TV. It's not prison break. Um, You cannot get out in seven episodes or less. Um, Eventually, this guy, they're going to catch up to him, and it's not going to be pretty um, for him, you know, for anybody else involved. So thankfully, uh, we have our own happy ending. Never had to take it to that extreme. Never had to jump over the razor wire and try and make it out to uh, have this amazing life that we now have. And we get to come in here each week and share a little bit of our story and hopefully inspire a little bit of hope. Um, Don't go up over the wall, man. Hang in there. Help is coming. Uh, It's been another incredible episode of Gritability. We love you guys. We'll see you back here on the next episode. Today changes my whole entire life.